Charlie loves cherry, so he fills his froster with wild cherry, cherry cola, and tops it off with cherry limeade. It's the cherry on Charlie's day. Mix the polar pop or froster that works for you. Just 79 cents each at Circle K. Limited time only at participating locations. They've got a license to talk. Shocking. Positively shocking. And the words are for your ears only. I think you got the point. Welcome to The Words Are Not Enough. On episode 9 of The Words Are Not Enough, Denis Villeneuve is out as Bond 25's director. Will Christoph Waltz reprise his role as Blofeld? And MGM works out a new distribution deal. Also, we discuss our Bond rankings. All this and more coming up right now. <laughs> what is up, everyone, and welcome back to The Words Are Not Enough. I am Griffin, Double O H Schiller, your host, and I am joined by my lovely co-host, uh, Brody, Double O Five Cervelli. How's it going? There we go. It's been a little hey, while. There we go. Uh, I'm feeling a little weird right now because I just ate uh, two whole medium pizzas, so there's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's that. <laughs> Woo! Oh my god, that's hey man, that's, that's I was, almost impressive. It is. I'm I'm pretty full. Uh, I uh, you know I'll probably have to visit the facilities later on. Um, but <laughs> you know I was just really hungry, man, and I had to eat some pizza. <laughs> no, sometimes the urge comes over you. You just got to do what you got to do. Yeah, yeah, and it was, you know, what, what are you gonna do? I managed to do it. But anyways, how how are you? How was your um uh, eating habits? I guess uh, they've been pretty normal. I guess I, I consistently eat around five five thirty, so that's nice. Um, <laughs> and I don't eat two whole pizzas, so that's also nice. I guess right. So you're not like completely. I haven't gorged screwed. myself in a while. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, um, yeah. We were just talking about this before we started recording. My, uh, I guess, in terms of media consumption for the last two weeks since we were last on, I guess. Um, or I guess we last week we had the Live and Let Die episode, but um. Right. We were supposed it, to do an episode last week, but uh, Brody fucked it up. That was all your fault. It's absolutely true. It's, it was all me. <coughs> but um, <laughs> but um, so you can yell at him. Yes, absolutely. Take it. Take all your frustrations out on me. I can take it. Um, but yeah, my my media um consumption has been primarily leading up to Justice League, and we were just talking about that. Um, so much. There's so it's, much stuff going uh, on there. So that's pretty much been where, where my head has been at. But um. Yeah, other than that, and then school, obviously, like... I mean, it'll be, you know, it'll be a nice uh, (laughs) distraction from that to just talk about James Bond. (laughs) Yes, to be be honest with you. Actually, yeah, no one in the... No one that we know of in the Bond franchise has been accused of sexual harassment yet, so... Um, Well, yeah, that that we know of thus far. I'm sure there's someone, something going on, but I mean... um, Yeah. We don't have to think about that for now. Is my point. <laughs> we don't have to, right. Like, thank God. We can. We can. Uh, oh dear. Escape. But yes. Anyways. So. Um. Well, that's good. We <laughs> we got kind of a a short show for you guys this week. There wasn't a whole lot. We're carrying over some of the topics from last week that we weren't able to discuss because we felt yeah, that the big ones anyway. Yeah. You know, we should discuss them. Um, and then there wasn't a whole lot that popped up this week, so we're really just going to have uh, our Tomorrow Never Lies segment, our news segment, and then our discussion seg- segment, mm-hmm. uh, Shaken But Heard. There wasn't enough little nuggets to throw in a uh, Q branch, so... Um, yeah, some stuff about, like, the Pierce Brosnan screen test for, um, the t- like, uh, The Living Daylights. Right, which, that's, you know, if you haven't... If, yeah, yeah, go go look into that stuff for, uh, for yourselves. I mean, honestly, it was... 
it was good stuff, but I think for the show, we want to spend more time discussing on some, some topics. Yeah, so. follow, follow like people like Pierce Brosnan on, on Twitter, and you'll see all that sort of stuff on the reg. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely. Mean, also, discussing that kind of stuff, there is some stuff, because there's also some stuff, some stuff to do with um, the new the, the James Bond, The Body, that comic book. Um, that would be oh right, been the one that's coming out this month, right? Yeah, that would have been interesting to discuss. But just like the uh, the screen test, it was more of a visual thing. It was just like looking at some art, and yeah. that sort of stuff is hard to describe in a in a For podcast because sure. it'd, be, it'd be just us like looking at it and describing it and then reacting to it. And if you're not looking at it yourself, it's kind <laughs> of meaningless. <laughs> listen, so, listen to me react. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let me re- listen to me react to this thing you haven't seen yet. Like, yeah, right, right. So that's uh. That's primarily the reason the Q Branch is pretty barren this week, but uh, yeah, for I mean, you know, it'll probably be back up next week, but de- definitely sure. go seek yeah. out those stories if you're uh, at all interested in them. But mm-hmm. anyways, let's get started with this whole thing, uh, starting with Tomorrow Never Lies, as always. So the first topic we're going to discuss um is something that we've been covering for several months here, mm. um, you know, and and you know we we put out a video I believe towards the end of September saying you know. Is uh, Denis Villeneuve going to direct Bond 25? We gave you our, our thoughts on there. Uh, it was pretty you know, heavily rumored that he was the front runner, that it was looking more and more likely that he was going to direct. Yeah, yeah. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but now we actually have confirmation that he is not going to be doing James Bond. He is not going to be directing Bond 25. Wow, um, wow. And uh, the, the, this is coming from a, a source from the playlist. So oh. um, in, in an interview with the playlist, I'll just touch on the playlist just a little <laughs> bit. Um, in an interview with the playlist, oh God, I can't speak. Denis Villeneuve spoke out about the recent rumors surrounding his involvement in Bond 25. He said the following. The thing is, I don't know about that, but listen, Daniel Craig is a very inspiring actor, and I had some contact, and the thing is that I'm busy right now doing Dune, but I will say, to have the privilege to work with him, it would be a dream. I would love to work with Daniel, and a Bond movie, for me, would be a treat. It's a matter of timing, I guess. So, there you have it, guys. It He's basically saying, you know... The time frame for which they're looking to put together Bond 25, he's going to be hard at work on Dune, which I'm very much looking forward to see, but it basically just puts to rest the fact that he will not be the director of Bond 25. There it Maybe is. we'll get uh, Jan Demange now. I don't know. But anyways, yeah. oh, I look, quick little plug here. I, <laughs> I actually do short little social media style videos for the playlist so this is my uh my movie news outlet that broke the story so i'm very wow, happy to be a, a member connection. of the team uh go go definitely definitely go check out the uh the interview on the playlist because it was a it was a, like a podcast style interview uh-huh. um it, it was uh i forget the, the the guy's name who was doing conducting the interview but it was an interview with uh denis so uh definitely definitely yeah. go seek that out nice little uh publicity for them um but anyways <laughs> brody uh wh- g- give me your thoughts on the story let me let me hear what you have to say um i mean uh, this pretty much ties into what we were speculating in previous episodes where he is so busy um that it would be kind of hard to imagine him having the time to do this so this kind of makes sense right um it's right. a shame obviously because he's such a great director and he was someone that i really would have liked to have seen doing this um, yeah, and, and not just doing a Bond film, but doing a Daniel Craig Bond film. I just feel like yeah, his aesthetic thing. and his vision just really they, they aligned gelled, with yeah. 
yeah, what was already established with Daniel Craig. Mm-hmm, no, for sure. And I think um, it's it's interesting that they um, he says like he had some contact with them, so they, yeah. he was in like the discussion. So as for like some of those rumors we heard, where like they said like oh Daniel Craig wants Denis Villeneuve and all that sort of stuff. There may still have been some credence to that stuff. Uh, he may have wanted him, and they just weren't able to get him. Um, which is again, like that's that's just how this whole thing works. It's every movie you see probably went through five or six different like sort of stars or directors or whatever um, right. before production even started. Like just the studio sort of hunting for talent, you know. So this is all pretty run up. Like this is this is nothing shocking, um, but it is a shame that it is someone as high profile as Denis Villeneuve not having the time because but i am excited to see him do something else eventually like even if it won't be daniel craig for sure i, I, I mean i i think what he's gonna yeah. do with dune is gonna be very much like what he did with blade runner he's gonna revive a cult right, classic yeah. it's probably gonna be a great movie it's just a matter of how well will it do at the box office um, right he might have yeah it might have <laughs> now might have been the right time to jump on bond because it would have been at least guaranteed that, that's what i'm that's what and, kind uh, of Right. Not guaranteed critical, but I mean, Denis sort of guarantees critical critical acclaim. But um, it would have been guaranteed financial success anyway. So. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for a, I think it would have been a nice um, bounce back from yeah, put, uh, put Blade a nice, Runner. Put a nice like financial victory under his belt so that the studios aren't afraid to still give him riskier projects like Blade Runner or... Uh, for Dune. sure, for sure. And and it really is a shame that Blade Runner um, hasn't done as well as it should have because it's a, a tremendous film, absolutely breathtaking. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, This is not a sci-fi show by any means, but if you have not <laughs> seen Blade Runner 2049... I very much encourage you to go check it out. It's an incredible film, especially if you want to, you know, get a feel for Denis' work in uh, in in sci-fi and sci- cyberpunk and and stuff like that. You know, yeah. it's uh really really quite good. It, it's also uh you know got um a little bit of noir thrown in there, a little bit of spy elements, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's very contemplative. So that's like if you if you're looking for something like a little <laughs> meatier in your media diet go right ahead yeah yeah haven't already of course (laughs) but you know at least we can put this story to bed no more uh no more denis villeneuve rumors unless you know they somehow magically rope him back in yeah it is over you know tomorrow (laughs) never lies and and it is we are not lying it is over (laughs) he's not doing bond 25 shut down the room that means that you know this (laughs) means this means next week um, the the Nolan rumor mill will be firing on all gaskets. It'll be oh, it probably will madness. be madness. Yeah. It'll just be like like oh. every single outlet in the world will be saying like Christopher Nolan crossed his legs right to left, which means he's directing Bond. <laughs> like it's a madhouse, man. An absolute madhouse. Oh gosh. Christ. All right. So moving on to our next story here. Now this is one that we um. We uh, we missed a, a couple weeks back. One, we were doing the Live and Let Die special, and then two, we didn't record we, we didn't record a regular show last week. Yep. But we wanted to touch touch on this because this is actually pretty huge and very very disappointing. So, anyways, <laughs> um, speaking on the red carpet at uh, Festa del Cinema di Roma, uh, Christoph nice Waltz. There. I actually <laughs> was about to say Rome, but then I realized it was a uh, so I was like, well, Roma, and it kind of just ended up being <laughs> the pasta <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, it kind of worked out for the best. Really? Anyways, um, <laughs> Christoph Waltz confirmed to Italian movie news site Talkie Movie. <laughs> wow. 
Talk, I'm so wait, sorry. You mean talking movie? <laughs> we are assholes. This is just great. I love the name of that site. That's awesome. But anyways, uh, that he would not be coming back for Bond 25 to reprise the role of Blofeld, and he said the following. No, I'm sorry. I'm really sad, but that's the tradition that there is a new name. Sorry, I would have liked to. That's it. That's all he said. Um, anyways, uh, it was previously understood that Waltz had an option to return to a future Bond film, and these latest comments contradict comments the actor has made in the past, stating he would only return if Craig was still in the lead role. So, this is interesting on a couple of different things. One, yeah. uh, who are they going to cast as Blofeld now that Waltz isn't there? And two, it's very upsetting and discouraging that he is not going to be reprising his role as Blofeld because yeah. I actually thought that there was a lot of room to further his portrayal of the character. Because uh -huh. when we meet Blofeld at the end of Spectre, he... You know, he's got a lot of Blofeld elements to him, but it's not like he's fully reached the Blofeld that it's we Blofeld know. Blofeld begins, so I thought that yeah. That, yeah, exactly. So I, it was like before he got the scar, before like all that stuff. So it, it was kind of like a little bit of a... Um, uh, Origin. I don't want to say origin just because it's not an origin, but it was like a pre-Blofeld before Blofeld. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, introduction. We'll go with that. And so I was really curious to see how they were going to take that character uh, in, in, the, in the next film, like what they were going to do with him. And now we're not going to get it. I mean, I'm sure mm -hmm. there's a there there will still be room for the character to uh, be developed more, just with a different actor. But I wanted to see what Waltz could fully bring to the character uh, when he's just full out Blofeld. And and I yeah. actually, I mean, and I know you're going to echo me on this one. I was a fan of Christoph Waltz's portrayal. I thought that he was great. He was definitely underused in in the movie. I think um, I would have liked to seen him a little bit more. But uh -huh. the scenes that he was in. He was fantastic. I, yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed him. Um, and it's it's very upsetting to know that he's not going to return in uh, in the next film. You know, especially mm. since uh, Sam Mendes isn't going to be at the helm anymore. So we'd get a new director coming in. Uh, let, let's see what he would do with uh, with the character and, and Waltz's portrayal to match that. And uh, man, I, I can't I can't express how disappointed I am by that. I know yeah. you feel the same, oh, Brody. So sure. I, is, I go ahead. Let me hear your thoughts. This is one of the worst things I have heard coming out of the movie uh, bums me up big time. Like this is yeah all I wanted when I when this is what I like when when I heard they were bringing Blofeld back, I was so excited. Well, we didn't hear they were bringing Blofeld back. When I heard they were bringing Spectre back, um, I obviously assumed Blofeld was going to be in it. And then when they revealed it was Blofeld in Spectre, um, I was like, oh shit! Like there's so many places you can go with this character, and there's so many places you can go with this like sort of organization and all this sort of stuff, and we, we, stuff we never really got to do in like the, the the early Connery films because they never kept an actor. You know what I mean? Sure. And, yeah. They was just and, and now then, they're repeating the same and then, mistakes. And then it's, it's, it's yeah. It's like he mentions that tradition of like recasting. Yeah. That's. Ugh, I hope they're not treating that like a tradition because no one is fond of that tradition. That is, like, no one likes the fact that that's a, that the case. I would say, um, no, not and at so all. So it's yeah, I know it's it's just so, it's just a bummer because this could mean two things, right? This could mean they're taking they they they're gonna get they're taking Blofeld in a new direction because people were lukewarm to Christoph Waltz Inspector, which. First of all, I don't understand. Like, I, I wouldn't even say he was underused. I would say he was minimally used, which I think 
I think, I, the, the, I think that's the, fair. There's, yeah. a, like, there's, there's a distinction because like that, that that sounds like a distinction without a difference. But I would say the distinction is minimally used is still effective. It's just minimal, obviously. Um, whereas underused is sort of like it was detrimental to the performance that he was used so so little. And I don't think it was. I think he was used the right amount um, for for what is essentially a an introduction to the character because like, he was left alive. Obviously, right. set up for him I mean, to come back. I, I, I just so, think like a few more scenes with him yeah, actually. I, mean, I wouldn't have complained, you know. honestly. Yeah, and I think the, the, the on top of the minimally used uh, aspect of it, I would say he, Blofeld is such a subdued character, um, and so obviously Christoph Waltz gave a fairly subdued performance. He had a little flourishes, obviously, because he's a great actor and he does like he right. knows yeah, how to he sort of do his that own sort of thing. To it, yeah. um, but Blofeld has never been all that eccentric i mean he he looks eccentric he has the scar and the bald head and the cat but he sort of sits and sits in his chair and he talks in a monotone and then like you know what i mean he's not he's yeah that's that's the classic actually i would say the most the most eccentric he he has been um aside from what christoph waltz and even that was pretty tame was uh telly savalas i mean i would say Charles Gray was pretty eccentric, but like in a bad way. Yeah, but, but I, 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 I'm, I'm sorry, that's not Blofeld. Like, like let's yeah, I mean, be real. No, that, that is fair. Yeah, you, 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 you're right. You're absolutely right. But it was like no, you're right. You know, was, and, and I thought that, I was had like a, a, a weird sort of whimsicalness to him that it was like very like right, yeah, right, yeah, and like Kelly like, 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 was very, very like calm, but like the way he spoke and like the little uh, deliberate flourishes yeah. and subtleties that he threw on. Like like with the character, like the way he held his cigarette, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like was, yeah, it was yeah, like just the arms, he, like he almost looked like he was posing. It was um yeah, it was it was just very yeah, it was, it was menacing, but it wasn't like it was. See, I, you know, a lot of people say that they like Donald Pleasant's portrayal of Blofeld the best, <laughs> and I, while I understand it because he's the first and he's got like the iconic look, yeah, um, he is just not very interesting. <laughs> You know? No, I agree. Like, yeah, I completely agree. I think he's visually interesting, but that's yeah. about it. Yeah, he um, he doesn't match it. Right, right. It's and no, Tully Savalas uh, before Christoph Waltz was my favorite. Um, agreed. And I think even to an extent, like they're both pretty close in terms of my opinion for different reasons. Um, so yeah, I think coming off of something like um, Silver, like a character like Silver with um, such a a very like scenery chewing performance from um, oh yeah i mean super colorful super yeah, eccentric yeah, yeah. from yeah. um uh, uh javier Bardem. that's right and um yeah coming off of that i can see why some audiences are like oh this is a little tame um but that's just the character so i, it, I that's what you know, to get back to my main point um that yeah uh, sorry i'm worried, I'm worried that you. no no no. that was my own fault i went on a tangent there but um i'm worried they might be they might be accidentally not accidentally, but like they might be misinterpreting um, audience reactions to the character, and then reactively sort of saying we need to recast Christopher Waltz, and or, or change the way we've portrayed this character, which is like uh, I don't agree with that, and I think that would be really a real shame. Yeah. Second worry, my bigger worry, honestly, is that they said, well, Spectre didn't land as well as Skyfall or um, Casino Royale. We're gonna drop the whole Blofeld thing altogether. Um, <sighs> we're not even gonna look, we're not bringing back Christoph Waltz but we're not recasting either it's just gonna be a complete standalone um, which I think is a terrible way to end Daniel Craig's con- uh, like sort of run which has emphasized continuity so much um, and it also basically exactly repeats the problem that I had with um, uh, 
with Diamonds Are Forever, which is that they sort of dropped the storyline they were going for, the really interesting storyline they were going for, and just sort of acted like nothing ever happened. And yep. I think that's dumb. I think that's a really stupid way to run a franchise, and I really hope that's not what they're doing. Like, even, like, going... Because we, since we mentioned DC at the very beginning, um, people were not crazy about Batman versus Superman or Suicide Squad, but mainly Batman versus Superman in terms of, like, what leads into Justice League. They didn't make Justice League ignore everything that happened in Batman vs. Superman, right? That would right, be stupid. They, they kind you of adapted. Of, you, yeah. can, you can adjust direction yeah. without completely ignoring what people thought was problematic or whatever. So sure. I think that's, that's, that's what would happen here. If, if they just completely ignored Spectre and said, this is a standalone now. Yes, that is sort of you know par for the course in terms of this franchise because there are so many standalones but you very obviously telegraphed that this was going to lead into another story um you had bond quit the service with this girl um who it's implied he's going to be in a relationship with you had blofeld getting arrested which never happens to a bond villain staring bond down you know, menacingly. They were very obviously foreshadowing events to come. And if you just drop it, that is so disappointing. And that is, this, this is like, why would you bother? Why did you bother bringing Spectre back? Why did you bother buying the rights? You know what I mean? Only to just it, use it. it everything will be for it. nothing. It'll be, everything will be for yeah. nothing. And it's just like, this is such, and it would be such a defeatist attitude. And it, 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 it would honestly make me even more mad about the critical reception. Because I would disagree with most of the critical reception that Spectre got. But it would make me even sure. more mad about it. Because, like, now you fucked me out of a really great Blofeld story again. And yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Like, um, and that's like, like, me talking selfishly here. But, yeah. So, I think this is terrible um, either way. Hopefully, my, my, my best case scenario is that Christoph Waltz is saying this because he hasn't heard anything. Because they haven't finished the script. And he, they just haven't reached out to him. Because, obviously, they haven't started production yet. So... That's my best case right, scenario. Right. But 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 if that because was the, the case way, here, but if that I'll go ahead. It's it's the way he said said the um it's 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 the way he said it. He said, No, I'm sorry, I'm really sad, but that's the tradition that there is a new name. Uh, yeah, I so think, like I honestly don't think it's like I don't think he's saying that because that's what he's been told or whatever. I think it's like because he's the way he says, like, oh I'm sorry, I'm really sad indicates that he wanted to do another one. Um and it, that it wasn't necessarily his choice to walk away from it. It's just that he hasn't been approached. You know what I mean? Like he didn't. Well, do, I hope that's the case. Well, I really he, do. He, I don't think he would say, "I'm sorry, I'm really sad." If he had chosen not to, you know what I mean? He would just say, "Oh well, no, no, we're, no, we're no. parting what ways." I, what I'm saying is that they they have opted not to bring him back. No, no, no. I, that's that's pretty much what I think has happened. Um, and I don't. But I, but then the like I guess like it could just be that they haven't approached him and he's interpreting it as he's not coming back. Uh, Which, may, yeah, not, you know, I, may, maybe. Honestly, because right. I think, because like that, that's what, uh, isn't that the same thing that um, Rory Kinnear said two weeks ago when he said, um, I don't know if I'll be back. I sort of just wait and see every time the new one happens. They, they yeah, he, he, so, yeah, he, he hasn't been contacted yet. Um, right, and I, I think it's, I think and it's that a pretty, go, that goes yeah. to uh, the, um, I can't oh, yeah. remember. There was there was like a very vague story. We we didn't put it in the notes because it was there wasn't mm. a whole lot of concrete behind it. But basically, right. it was saying that the script is not even finished yet. Um, mm. You know, there's exactly there hasn't been a whole lot of progress which um, made on it. Honestly, is probably like that's my I'm holding out hope that because they haven't finished a script, and they probably bounce. They're probably shopping around a lot of different scripts. 
Right. Um, and with the fact that we're trying to court Denis Villeneuve, which maybe Villeneuve had a different vision for the movie that didn't involve Blofeld or Madeline or anything like that. So maybe they, 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 when they, while they're courting him, they sort of said to Christoph Waltz's people, hey, we don't know if you're coming back. Um, and honestly, we don't have a director. So the director is the one who makes the final choice in terms of like casting. Right. So right. without a director, how can you have a, other than like the main character, obviously, which is like obviously a producer's decision um, in this case. Um, a lot of the, the a lot of the ancillary cast are not set in stone, and so because if if they do end up going with Jan Demarge, what we heard about Jan Demarge's story very much sounded like it involved Blofeld. So yeah, it seemed like he was a pretty key component to that. Story. Yeah, so I think now maybe that that the, the Denise out of the running, and that we like are still shopping around scripts and all that sort of stuff. Part of me wants to believe, and this made me just wish fulfillment, you know, like willful thinking, but I don't 100% think this means he won't be back. I just think as it stands well, right know, now, he doesn't know if he's being coming and, back. And I know? would like to think that. Um, I, I think that, that, yes, that is a possibility, but also that they're just going to recast. I don't know. I don't think they'll get rid of the character, but I think they'll they'll take that. They didn't. They'll take from audiences and critics that they didn't like the portrayal of Blofeld, so they will replace him with someone a, else. But I mean, like, the part of me is like, part of me doesn't want to believe that that's the like like that they would do that as like as the broccolis would do that. Um, Michael G. Wilson and Barbara Broccoli would do that mm-hmm. just because. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they would. I have no idea. I just like yeah. yeah I mean, you know, seeing, it's the all stuff just you're seeing from like. Um, I mean, this is like a, such a flimsy <laughs> justification for this, but like all of the Bond social media doesn't seem to be distancing itself from Christoph Waltz, which you would assume they would be doing if they were trying to get their brand away from that. Um, well, not at all. That I interpretation. mean, they, they, if you're part of the franchise, they're gonna rep. Like Bond is part like of the historically, but it's like, but at the same time, it's like you're not going to actively show behind the scene photographs of Christoph Waltz and like constantly reference Blofeld well, his, his Blofeld uh, I don't think you would do that if you were trying to if you were planning to replace him you know what I mean that would just be a little it'd be like if um, the Marvel Facebook page started sharing photos of Edward Norton and saying like happy birthday Edward Norton you're our Hulk and it's like not really, um, right? But know, the, the Bond like fran- be- franchise, the Bond franchise, does have a reverence and respect for uh, past actors who have appeared in their films. No, like for they sure, do, but it's, it's it, but it's do, the most it's the most recent film. And if they're planning to recast that specific character in the sequel to that film, I feel like that's a little little more dicey than well, say just may, saying like know, happy may, birthday maybe. Charles Gray. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. I guess I maybe. So and then again, I, and I admit that's a flimsy. But I just don't see. Like, I can't see the franchise distancing itself from an actor that they everyone involved seemed to like working with, and yeah. like Christoph Waltz seemed to. Unless, <laughs> unless next week Christoph Waltz gets accused of sexual harassment on set, in which case that <laughs> could be why. Yeah, that but, then um, then that's not happening. Yeah, uh, but uh, no, but I, I I oh I shouldn't have said that. That sounds, that sounds slanderous almost, but um. Yeah, as a joke, but um, but yeah. So I I don't see why they would do that, but maybe you maybe they will, and maybe they are. Right, right. I mean, this it's all speculation. We'll find out sooner or later. But anyways, moving on to the next um topic here. So 
This has to do with the bond uh, distribution rights, all, Ooh, all that good stuff. Exciting. So apparently, this is actually good news. Yeah. Um, MGM and Annapurna Pictures have formed a new joint venture for theatrical distribution in the U.S. With MGM moving back into distribution, it seems like the natural setup to distribute the next Bond film. So this is very promising. One, because I think Annapurna is a great company. Mm -hmm. um, their, their films usually are... Um, you know they're, they're smaller scale, but yeah. they're for the most part. I think that they've they've been producing quality films, um, and obviously MGM is involved. So you know if MGM is involved some sort of way, excuse me, um, you would be uh, led to believe that it's going to involve Bond somehow. So I I think that this is you know naturally it just makes sense. They're going to you know form a joint venture distribution. Um, that's how, uh, MGM is going to keep the bond rights. Um, mm -hmm. and I, this is just great news all around because we get to see that lion at the beginning of the, the uh, <laughs> bond films from now on. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. I'm so sick of losing logos at the beginning of my films. I know it kills me. It kills me. <laughs> but first uh, it was Star Wars. Yeah, I know. Or right? no, first it Actually, first it was uh, uh, the the Paramount Marvel thing. That's true. Yeah, it was Paramount. And then, then it was Star Wars. And we're losing Paramount in front of Indiana Jones when that ends up coming out. Oh, that's not going to be right. Which yeah. is actually going to be sickening because they always crossfade yeah. between the logo and like a mountain. So... Yeah, now it's gonna be the castle. They're gonna they're gonna crossfade the castle. I would actually vomit in my mouth if I if I, I did that. I would too. But anyways, oh. get, get, getting back to this story, uh, <laughs> what are your thoughts on it? Um, this I, is I, great. I, this is actually really really good yeah. because like I think, um, especially with like going back to that story about the Disney twentieth century Fox possible merger that we like alluded to earlier. Um, did we? Allude, yeah. Was that before the podcast? I can't remember. But that is a thing that is possibly happening. Um, and. Given like this, the general tumultuous nature of the way the studios are operating right now, it's nice that Bond isn't going to be involved in any of that because Lord right, knows right. studio issues have held these films back for long enough. Um, so this is great because I mean, if if MGM can dis distribute itself, then we're we're basically on the home stretch. Like this is as long as they don't go bankrupt again, we're good. Right. Um, and it's, it, which, but, um, yeah, no, this is great. I, I, lo I love the idea of them having creative control of, because MGM has been pretty great about letting Eon do its thing, right? Oh, and yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the MGM doesn't have a whole lot of uh, grounds to really, right. yeah, you know, exactly. yeah, mix yeah. them. This is like, <laughs> this is the only thing getting them money, like, realistically, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Um, so Sony was kind of notorious for having uh, a lot of negative input in the Bond production, right? Especially what right. we saw with the leaks with uh, with Spectre, that there was just a lot of interference. So, and then obviously other studios have had these kind of dramas in the past, like Warner Brothers with their DC films, uh, Disney with the Marvel films, all these other studios, Universal with the, the, their, their monster movies or whatever the fuck they're doing. Um, there's a, a lot of these big studios, because they have so much money riding on these pro properties, there is a lot of, I guess incentive for them to interfere um and so wherever bond ended up it may have been at risk of having because it is such a cash cow there was a would have been a lot of risk of having equal levels or 
if not worse, levels of interference from whatever studio ended up, you know, sure. picking it up. Yeah. But with this, with MGM and um, Annapurna, I think I'm saying that right. Yeah, um, Annapurna. They that lends a little bit more autonomy to Eon to just sort of run the show because MGM has yeah. been very good about this so far. Um, obviously, they, they have that. Obviously, they're a studio. They're going to have a little bit of input, um, rightfully so. Right, but they're you know, like like money, I mentioned but, um, before, it's like yeah. what what else is making them money? <laughs> right, exactly. And so I think letting the, the Eon do what Eon does best has worked for them in the past. So I think that's going to continue. Um, this is great. This is really great because it means we're not going to get new chefs in the kitchen. These are existing chefs who have already know their way around the kitchen. You know what I mean? So right. there's not going to be any teething problems with this. We might have film. a few new people from Annapurna, <laughs> but right, if it's yeah. a joint deal with MGM and Annapurna, no, for sure. But I think probably, given Annapurna's like sort of, um, track record they sort of yeah. do smaller films so i think yeah. they, they, their input will be a little more respectful I, who knows maybe not but oh no i i, I think you're spot that, yeah i think yeah. you're dead on yeah and so i think this in general this is great the new people coming on board are used to working on smaller projects so they have more of an intimate sort of work uh you know ethic and mgm has yeah. already been involved in the bond films for so long that it's not like it's going to be jarring when new people come on board. So this is great. Sure. Yeah. Uh, if anything, this is taking people like, I mean, and again, this isn't, this isn't confirmed as a, as a distribution deal for bond that we're talking about, like it could be, but yeah. it's not a hundred percent confirmed yet. But I mean, making a deal like this sort of sets itself up to be involved with bond, right? Like mm-hmm. it just makes sense. So um, yeah, this is great. If anything, this is taking a lot of, harmful <laughs> interference from like Sony out of the picture, which I couldn't be happier sure. about. I'm so, I was so well, worried and we don't want to resign with Sony. I was like, just get off that sinking right. ship. Like, <laughs> well, and the other thing is we don't, we don't have to worry about uh, like Amazon or Apple, you know, getting involved now and bond having being like distributed yeah, on like their oh streaming services or whatever. Yeah. Oh, actually <laughs> I just had a funny thought going back to the Christoph Waltz thing um, and keeping things very yeah. topical as we have done this episode. Um, <laughs> if Sony had maintained distribution rights, maybe Sony would have um, hired Christopher Plummer as Blofeld and then digitally replaced <laughs> Christoph Waltz <laughs> Inspector with with Christopher Plummer. Oh my god! Because <laughs> the Sony seems that's to just like gonna, that's doing just that, becoming so. the new joke now. That's Replace the, any, everything with Christopher Plummer. Yeah, I mean, actually, come to think of it, Christopher Plummer wouldn't be terrible as Blofeld. He's a no, he old, would, but he'd be pretty he cool. Be he's, he's a little he's, old, but he's a little old, but he's does, he's definitely like dramatic and Shakespearean, sure. so that's cool. Um, right, right. But yeah, no. So that's my thoughts on that. What about you, Griffin? You got any any other thoughts on yeah, that? Yeah, you know, I've I've already said I yeah I've already said my thoughts. I think it's a great deal. Um, as long as MGM can keep a hand on the wheel, I'm mm-hmm. ha- I'm pretty happy. Uh, and and like you said, I think with Annapurna's track record. I think this really it means that there's going to be less creative interference from the distribution studios, and Eon will basically you know maintain creative control and we'll be uh, we'll be good. We'll be good. Hell so if yeah. this actually does happen, because like this is not confirmed, but it is heavily rumored, so let's hope mm-hmm. it actually pans out. Vegas All right. So moving cost. on to our second to last story here, uh, it has to do with Monica Bellucci. We talked about Ooh. her a couple weeks ago, so. It's coming back around. So My this Tuesday evening, uh, this past Tuesday evening in Rome, where she was feted with the Verna Lisi, 
Lisi? Yeah. Verna yeah. Lisi Lifetime Achievement Award. Bellucci smiled at reporters who asked her to comment on the rumors of her reappearing in um, Bond 25. She basically just smiled and said, I can't say anything. Ooh. Very cheeky. cryptic. Yeah. Very cryptic, you know? Um, so what do you think? Is this looking like she's going to be in it? I mean, we know I, Craig was championing for her yeah. to be in the film. Honest as we mentioned God. last time we talked about it. But. I mean, last time we talked about it, like if, if uh, people are uh, long-time listeners, they would have heard last time I was very into this idea. Um, yeah. yeah. And this reaction makes me kind of giddy. This is so nice, um, especially coming off of that Christoph Waltz story, which is so negative and sad. Um, <laughs> this is so nice. Yeah, this she is a nice seems like, She page. seems like she's having fun with it. She's like enjoying the uh, the rumor mill a little bit. Um, I don't know she's why she's completely she would... fucking with everyone. She's it's really right. not going to be in the movie. I mean, maybe honestly, like I mean, it's probably, it's probably a good publicity bump for her every time her name comes up associated with Bond. But, right. Um, but. If it is true, like, I mean, why would, if, if it's not true, why would she say I can't say anything other than for the publicity? Um, right. Which I don't but, think that she would do. Right. I, I, I don't think she's in like, that, that place in her career where she's desperate for attention. But, no, um, not at all. And so I think, th- I don't know. I don't know why she would say I can't say anything unless they were at least in talks. It's similar to how v- Denis Villeneuve back before he sort of had firmly landed on no was saying, well, well, you know, who knows? I'd love to do one. You know what I mean? Right. Like, right. and then when we found out he was saying that because he's in negotiations. So, sure. Yeah. I mean, maybe she's in negotiations. Maybe she's confirmed and she can't say anything. Who knows? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I would bet, I would bet money that she's probably going to appear in Bond 25. And once oh, again, th- so. that would go oh. uh, along with, you know, the connective tissue of the Craig films. I think that's um, why I want I don't, this to happen so much. I think yeah, like, you can't, I, you can't bring Monica Bellucci back and not bring Spectre and Blofeld back because they'd, sure. Her whole character I, I, exactly. It, so. You're, yeah, you're a hundred percent on that one. Um, Oof. I, I, you know, I, I, I feel like she probably will be back. Uh, what, size of a role mm-hmm. she will have is definitely still up for debate. Of course, um, yeah. Will she be the new Bond girl? Maybe. That's what Craig kind of wants. Um, oh, so with you there, Craig. I feel like he'll get just about whatever he wants unless they're <laughs> off doing Dune. Um, so, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, yeah, I, oh my God, I, I, imagine I would probably, oh, sorry. Oh no, go ahead. Go ahead. A random thought. But imagine if the reason Daniel Craig was so big on those sci-fi ideas was because he was trying to impress Denis Villeneuve. And he's like, we can do sci-fi, come to us, forget about Dune, we can do spaceships. Yeah, and- it's like, we'll, we'll do Dune, but with James Bond. Jesus Christ. It would be too oh. much. But uh, yeah, you know, I've you know, initially I wasn't too crazy on the idea of Monica Bellucci coming back. I, uh-huh. I feel like, That's you fair. know, there. I, I don't know. It just like, I... Any, anyways, it, it just if you want to hear my full thoughts on it, you can go back and listen to the previous episode. But I, I just didn't really, I wasn't crazy on it. I wanted more of the focus to be on Madeline and then Craig getting revenge on the death of Madeline, not necessarily mm-hmm. bringing a new girl into the fold. Um, but seeing as Monica Bellucci's character does have a past with Spectre and they're the reason her husband is dead... Um, and uh well i guess not really uh <laughs> james bond killed him but you know he was working with specter so i guess he was kind of corrupt in that regard but anyways yeah and she was going to be killed by them but um she has a history with them uh craig's trying to get revenge i could see you know a similar thing we mentioned last time we talked about like a like a camille and james bond kind of mm-hmm. thing yeah see i could see them teaming up uh a little bit there oh. um 
What a dream. But, yeah, you know, I, I've kind of warmed up to this idea, and I'd be curious to see what they do with her character if they do, in fact, bring her back, which it's it's looking like she'll be back in some form. I can't tell you how big of a role, but mm-hmm. it looks like she'll be back. But anyways, uh, very interesting stuff here. So, um, moving on to the final story here. It's actually a little bit of uh, sad news. We have a death in the Bond family uh, this week. So, uh, Bond girl Karen Dorr, who was in uh, You Only Live Twice, she played uh, uh, Helga Brandt, who was yes. the, the red-headed, um, uh, she was one of the, the henchmen to, to Blofeld in the film, and um, mm-hmm. I'm sure you remember who she was in the movie, she was a pretty prominent fig- figure. Yeah, she had, the, she, uh, uh, she had the, 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 um, the X-Acto knife that she threatened Bond with, right? The, like, and the, the, she the was, surgeon's scalpel or something. Yeah. Yes, and uh, and she um, got dropped into the uh, into Blofeld's um, uh, pool of piranhas. So, mm-hmm. right. Anyway, <laughs> anyways, uh, <laughs> uh, very very sad news. She um, she passed away at a nursing home in Munich at the age of seventy nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, her son told uh, Bill a newspaper. Um, she was a German uh, film star, though. You know, uh, she's one of uh, she was a big name over there in Germany. And uh, while she is very prominently remembered from, uh, you know, having a, a, a very substantial role in You Only Live Twice, uh, she also starred in the Alfred Hitchcock movie Topaz. Um, so if you're looking to see her in something else other than Bond, maybe go check out that movie because Alfred Hitchcock really can uh, do no wrong. But anyways, mm-hmm. uh, she initially found fame in Germany for acting in dozens of German films throughout the 50s and 60s. Um, she passed away after suffering a heavy fall last year from which she was unable to recover, unfortunately. Mm, that's so sad. Uh, she was married three times, most recently to American stuntman and actor George uh, Robotham, who died in 2007. And oh. yeah, it's just uh, it's it's very sad. You know, I think she left an impact on the Bond franchise. She definitely was great in uh, You Only Live Twice. And mm-hmm. um, if you've never seen Topaz, definitely check it out. Great Alfred Hitchcock movie. She's great in that uh She's terrific in that film as well. So, um, you know, just it's always sad when we when we hear cover these stories about, uh, you know, um, these actors or actresses passing away who we remember from. Yeah. From uh, uh, the the franchises that we uh, uh, hold dear to us. So, uh, Brody, any uh, any thoughts on uh, Karen Dor? Um, not not too much. Like, I mean, like I I have made in the past it known that I'm not a huge fan of her character in the movie. Um, sure. But that's nothing to do with Karen Dorr whatsoever. Um, no, no, no. She was very, very. Yeah, she seemed like a lot. She she had a good presence in the movie. Um, yeah, no, I mean, and it, and it's obviously a shame. She passed away so young. Honestly, I mean, like not, yeah, not so young, but yeah. seventy nine is fairly young today in this day and age. Um, I would say so. Yeah, and so yeah, I know it is. It is upsetting. Um, my thoughts go out to her family and everyone who survived her. Um, yeah, no, that, that is a shame. <laughs> sure. Yeah, absolutely. But anyways, um, so yeah, uh, the uh, the Door family. We we hope that you guys are um, uh, will will get through this, and uh, we remember uh, Karen Door. Yeah, thank thank you regard. for your contribution to this wonderful franchise, Karen. Yes, yes. There we go. So, it, anyways, is it, is it, is it, this is, is where we would. Um, I don't know. Like, I'm, looking, I'm looking at the name now. Is it Karen or Karen? Karen. Mm. Karen. I say Karen. I could be saying it wrong. Who knows? I'm awful with names. But anyways, <laughs> so from at this point in the show, usually we move in the Q branch, and then usually we move in the brother from Langley. We are scrapping those segments this week because there is absolutely nothing to That's discuss true. in regards to them, and we're moving straight into Shaken But Heard. Yes. And so basically, 
my kind of week. We decided to uh, do our Bond rankings. We're gonna yeah. rank our, um, uh, you know, who we feel are the the, the best James Bond actors. So, uh, you know, all of the uh, all the actors who have ever played James Bond, we're gonna rank them from worst to best, starting with the worst, going to the best. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, Brody, do you want to? Uh, how, how do you want to do this whole shindig? I don't know. I'm just looking at the notes. Uh, just a little insight for the behind the scenes for everyone listening. Um, I wrote freeform discussion. So I think freeform discussion, however however you see fit to do that. Um, freeform discussion. Freeform discussion. Uh, so I guess we just sort of like, I mean, there's only like six, so it's not yeah. too hard. Um, did, would you so like you to start? Let's just go, then, let's just go uh, yeah. uh, up, the, uh, up the line then. Up the line you know, then? Starting with your worst. Going to your best. Okay. Um, well, do I do, do I just say the one or? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I already know who it is. I disagree right. with you, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so my number six, I guess my 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 last place is, and I should preface this by saying I love all of the actors who played Bond. Same. Um, I I will say that too. Near and yeah. dear to my heart, and I think they all um, did good good work, and. Yeah, they all have like a sentimental attachment to all of them and the films they're right. in. So, uh, with that said, I got to go with George Lazenby, um, the Australian Bond. I've got to do it. Um, he, I mean, he, he, it's, not, it's not all his fault. He only had no. one film to sort of flex his muscles and show what he had. And it, obviously, I'm sure he would have gotten better and more, I would have been more endeared to his portrayal with time. But I can't mark him on a hypothetical. You know what I mean? I, I only right. have the one film he did, and the one film he did was he was good in it, but I don't think I, he was the yeah. reason it was good. I think the, well, he, he, I, I, give George Lazenby diamonds are forever, and it becomes like I, I feel like it, there's nothing redeemable about it. You know what I mean? I don't think <laughs> I don't think George Lazenby had the the charisma at the time. Um, in his performance, because he seems like a very charismatic guy in real life, especially after watching yeah. uh, Becoming Bond. Becoming um, Bond, yeah, yeah. But given his performance, it, it, was, it was a little lacking, and it kind of relied a lot on um, the, the, the the immense talent he was working with, like with Diane Rigg and um, Telly Savalas, and just like the cast around him was so phenomenal that I think um, part of his performance, because I mean, part of his performance is dubbed, like all the stuff where he is... Um, uh, Sir Hillary at uh, his oh, yeah. career that is yeah. dubbed because he couldn't do a British accent yeah uh, like, <laughs> at least he, he, and so they're like, like yeah so I mean like part of his performance the, the, all these factors sort of contribute to my why I feel like he's great but he's not the reason his film is great his film sort of supports him rather than the other way around um and I think that's just, I don't know, he's just the weakest. He's not bad. He's just the weakest of all of them. Um, so, yeah, and again, much love. And he is the Australian Bond, so I have a special affinity to him. But, sorry, George, you, Laz, you lost. And, um, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, you know, initially I, uh, initially I would disagree with you on that um, because I, yeah. I actually found his portrayal of Bond to be uh, quite good. Uh, mm. You know, it, it was... It was borrowing from Connery while still being his own. Um, yeah, and I thought which is cool. as his yeah. first, for sure. I I think it, yeah, absolutely. He was he was an incredibly physical Bond. Um, he had a great uh, physical presence on screen. Um, 
but uh, yeah, you know, I, it's, it was his first outing, so I do have to cut him some slack there. But ultimately, I, I do agree. I think George Lazenby, after thinking about it a little bit, George Lazenby is the... I, I wouldn't say weakest, but he is number six on my list <laughs> purely for the fact that he only was in uh, a one film and it wasn't a performance that blew me away. It was just, yeah. I, I happen to think it was really good. And I, I think he would have, you know, gone on to be one of the greats had he done more films, but he only did the one film. Yeah. And it was a, you know, there were, there were definitely some hit or miss moments there with uh, yeah. his character. I think the, mis- the most yeah, comparable yeah, sort of moment, I, I was just sorry to interrupt you, like, I think the most comparable no, sort no, of comparison no, would be um, Casino Royale. I think you look yeah. at, when you compare, like they're very, they're, they're similar sort of, obviously thematically very similar stories um, in some respects. Right. But, and, and they were both the first that each actor did, but where, where they, and they're both really great movies with really great scripts and their foundation is solid. But George Lazenby right. is sort of like, he's okay in it. Whereas Daniel Craig is phenomenal in a phenomenal movie. Whereas George right. Lazenby is okay in a phenomenal movie. You know what I mean? So I think. Yeah. Yeah. You, for sure. You sort of, when it's, you sort of it's, look um, at it like that, I think. Yeah. It's a, yeah. it's a little tricky because you know, the, the guy wasn't an actor. So like, I, I yeah. feel like there's some sort of handicapped with him <laughs> as far as the ranking goes. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't oh. know. I, I I I tend to cut him a little bit more slack than most people, just because slack, I I, mean, I was actually truly uh, impressed him. with the performance he did give, given all of the circumstances. Uh, but uh, you know, you you did say something that I think is is ultimately ultimately right is, is that uh, he is not the reason the film is great. The film is great yeah. because of the script and the story they're telling, and he contributes to that in a very positive manner. But it's the story ultimately that I, I is think, so yeah. good, and the way they decided to tell it was. Perfect. Majesty's um, is good in spite of him, not because of him. And I, I, I right. say that a lot. And, and and when I say in spite of him, it makes it sound negative, but it's not negative. It's just no, yeah. no. it's just a fact. No. No, <laughs> I, and, and and I understand if people were to have him higher. I I feel like it's kind of common to have him towards the bottom because he only did the one movie for sure. Yeah. Um. But. But yeah, you know, that's nothing, that's no knock on Lazenby at all. You should definitely go check out Becoming Bond, the documentary. Uh, we mentioned that probably every time we we do this show. Honestly, we're gushing it's, about it's, it, it's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's really fantastic. And if, especially if you want to get to know the guy who only did one Bond film. <laughs> yeah. I, it's a very interesting, wacky story. So uh, <laughs> I think it's actually coming out on Blu-ray or DVD sometime yeah, soon if it's not I, out uh, already. Yeah. Um, so definitely go check it out if you don't have a Hulu subscription. So uh, do it. Go do yeah, it. All right, Brody, what's your, your number question. five? Who's coming in at five? My number five, and this is where we're going to diverge our list a little bit. Um, and my number five is Pierce Brosnan. Um, oh, no. <laughs> no, I, I love and Pierce. I, and I love Pierce, too, because Pierce is my first Bond. Um, he's a really good actor. Um, and I think his performances got stronger as his time went along, even though the film sort of got a little weaker. Right. He had, um, yeah, he, he had a very interesting situation. It, really it was weird. like the reverse Roger Moore where like, <laughs> as he got yeah. older, then the movies got worse. He just, yeah, his, he blew me away in some I'd love scenes. To see, you know? I'd love to see a graph of like, cause it'd be like, there'd be just a very interesting divergence of lines. Um, right. but yeah, no, so yeah, he, the reason he is here, and, and I, I guess the, the obvious pick is Roger Moore, um, because his films are a little more of their time, a little dated, um, and I think, unless you but love that's not Roger why, Moore, but that's people not generally why, put in lower. Um, hmm? 
well, I, but because I know where you're going with that. You're saying, you know, judge the guy, judge the acting, not necessarily the films. <gasps> no, no, and no, no, not so much, not so much that. I, 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 the point I'm getting at is, is I the reason he's low is because, and I'll get to the, I'll get more into this when I get to Roger Moore, but um, yeah. To me, Pierce Brosnan is great, and he, again, he's iconic, and he, I love him as James Bond. I, I love him as James Bond. He is my James Bond. Like, but when I think about it in terms of like quality, I guess, um, he didn't really bring anything new to the role. He sort of just refined things that previous actors already did so like he took a bit of that roger moore silliness and he took a bit of like, like the levity and he took a little bit of the sean connery suaveness and he took a little bit like in certain instances he took a bit of the, the dalton brutality and he just sort of made a mix and it's fine it's a very 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 good mix and i think the reason why he comes across as being like the bond to, I mean, other than the fact that people most people our age grew up with him uh, I think a lot of people view him as the Bond because he does meld a lot of these classic sort of Bondian elements together very well. But in, in by doing so, his Bond is very indistinct compared to the other Bonds. You know what I mean? To me, anyway. And so sure. I, as much as yeah. I love him, I think there's nothing st- that stands out as like, oh, that's a Pierce Brosnanism. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, right. Whereas like you watch a Roger Moore movie and it's like, oh, I, th- that's a Roger Moore Bond thing. Or that's a Sean Connery Bond thing. Or that's a Daniel Craig Bond thing. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. With, with Sean Connery, with, with, sorry, with Pierce Brosnan, it's I never, unless like unless dual wielding machine guns is a, a Pierce Brosnanism, which he does do a lot. Um, he does, yeah. He likes that akimbo. Uh, yeah. So I think, um, other than like stuff like that, I, there's nothing that like sp- particularly goes. Oh, that's exactly like that's a hallmark of Pierce Brosnan's tenure. And other people may not value that as much as I do, but for me, I love, I love enjoying the different things all the different bonds have to bring to the role. And he just didn't right, bring enough right. new for me to sort of latch onto as much other than the fact that he is my first and you know my first exposure uh, yeah, and, to and character. I understand that I, I so. think what Brosnan was able to do really well um, is he I, I think that there's a lot more of Pierce Brosnan in his portrayal of Bond than people give him credit for like there's a lot of his own suave kind of cool personality in there that people I think people would initially would, I, think I think people would agree with you honestly I think I'm in the minority when it comes to this because Right, he is beloved, and and I and again, I'm one of those people who loves him. I just, um, yeah. I I think people would agree with you that he is there is something magical about him. Well, um, I I know the I other just, thing yeah. that people tend to say is he's a very he's very soft. He's very like he's not like badass or any way. And sure, he's not the most physical Bond. I wouldn't go as far as to call him soft. I think he's very um something that I I like that he did is he was very um. I, I, I would actually go as far as to say that as he was probably the smoothest with the ladies like like Sean Connery was the the ladies man like <laughs> like hands down and and you know you'll see it by by far his placement on the list but he had like a very forceful way with them you know it was very like 60s kind of way with the women yeah. whereas you look at Pierce Brosnan he was almost like you know a, like a modern day, like he was a modern day lady killer, I guess is what you could say. And like, I it was mean, a very cool, slick and you're like, right, yeah. um, no, I, I, know, I totally that, agree. I think if you look yeah. at like, if you look at graphs, I, I, I saw like a graph that like sort of, um, weighs like the kills to 
to drinks to um, like women bedded of each right. actor. And I think Pierce Brosnan, yeah. I think other than drinking, which he's beaten by Daniel Craig, I think Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> well, that's yes. <laughs> I think Pierce Brosnan, even though he only did four films, managed to have sex with and murder more people than every other Bond. <laughs> and, um, and I think that it's very 90s that he is like excessive in that way. Um, yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> and I think that's part of what, you know, gives him a trademark, you know. Um, and, and, and I, you know, the, the thing that you mentioned, which I don't think is the case with some of these other actors is Pierce Brosnan continually continuously got better as his tenure went on absolutely um, whereas yeah. I think some of the other actors they were Even like Dino oh Day. yeah hell yeah. yeah first couple films and then they were like fuck it I'm just doing this for a paycheck that shows you the care that Brosnan actually had and the respect Brosnan had for the franchise um, mm-hmm. and him you know, not wanting to go because he didn't want to leave the franchise <laughs> after Die Another Day. He wanted to do it again. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, they had to reboot it because the movie was just god awful. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, all that aside, I do think Brosnan was actually pretty good in that movie. Oh, I, yeah, I no, liked I, a lot of I what he brought his, to it. I think his best performance is in that movie. Um, it's just the movie really? lets him down. I think if he had, if they had taken the more because like you can sort of see the the, the foundation of his performance in the, like the, that first cough with all the North Korea stuff you can see right. he's really yes if they hadn't given him as like if they hadn't given him all the goofy stuff to do I th- and they really played up on the character stuff that they set up yeah I think it could have been like universally a great performance but I think even then he, I, I think he's just so comfortable in the role in Diamond in, in Diamond of the Day I nearly call it Diamonds of Forever which tells you everything you need to know <laughs> but um <laughs> no he is he's very comfortable <laughs> mm-hmm. in the role for sure and actually I I've said this before and I know people think I'm crazy when I say it. I actually think the first half of Diamond of the Day before all of the outlandish I mean overly outlandish stupid ice castle stuff happens I think that's a really solid Bond movie I think there is a very yeah. solid Bond movie in there sprinkled think- in with some absurd diamonds and I, uh, you know, Beyonce Knowles CGIing off a cliff or whatever, you Beyonce know, Knowles. or not Beyonce Knowles. Oh God, I'm going back to uh, uh, Austin Powers. Sorry, Halle Berry. <laughs> Austin Powers has screwed oh, my interpretation shit. of that character oh, for God. life. <laughs> I never thought of them as being analogs, but now I now that I think about it. They came up at the same time. I think you're right. <laughs> I think they are. Yeah, they're they were. Oh, vi- oh God, I'm so sorry. Halle Berry, Halle Berry CGIing off a cliff, all that stupid stuff. Oh my God. Um, I forgot about that shot too. That's atrocious. right. It's awful. Yeah. All that stuff aside, um, there, there's a really solid film in there, and the driving force of that, and the reason why it works, is because of Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, I know. Um, I agree with that, and I think, um, well, the thing with Dine of the Day, we can get into this in a different podcast, obviously, but um, sure, we'll, Dine, we'll Dine probably discuss it at some di- point. Dine of the Day is two different good Bond films. It's a, it's a oh really my God, good, yeah. it's a good ridiculous one and it's a good serious one and they're just like, they shouldn't be together, but they no, are. No, not at all. And it ends up being <laughs> awful. Yeah, it, for real, for real. But um, but anyways, taking Die, Day, Die Another Day out of it, um, I actually think my favorite Brosnan performance, even though he's really good in Die Another Day, is uh, The World Is Not Enough. He had a lot of, like, a lot of material with that one, yeah. Yeah, he has a little bit more to work with. The Electric King stuff, I think he uh, emotes really well with all of that. And, you know, the, the thing that I... I I love about Pierce Brosnan and, and you know I'm, we might as well just get the discussion about him out of the way now because he's my number three yeah, um, yeah. this is what I meant by free form you see like, it's yeah like- <laughs> this is, it's perfect yeah but the thing that I love about um, uh, 
Pierce Brosnan is that you could totally buy him being a spy and like infiltrating places. Like he has that that quick wit, the the slickness, the smooth talking to be able to you know uh, be you know just become a Russian agent or something like that. I, I you know I'm just using that as, as an example, but like I right. I truly believed that he could that he was a spy. You know. Um, and I, I, you know, yeah. I, I think I, there's of, yeah. the the other one that I I feel that way about is uh, Daniel Craig, but in a more modern context. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean Connery, sure, I think he <laughs> Sean Connery walks into a building as James Bond, and you know he's James Bond. That's kind of like <laughs> my my thing when it comes to him. I mean, he's a great spy; he can always do his job, and he'll get the job done. It just won't be in the neatest way possible. I think yeah. that Brosnan, on the other hand. <laughs> we'll get it done subtly. I mean, it doesn't always happen in the movies, but just like the way he interpreted yeah. the character and the way he portrayed the character, everything was more, um, there was more nuances, more subtleties to his character than uh, people tend to give him credit for simply because well, he didn't, yeah. you know, he wasn't all out, you know, doing insane action stunts. There are insane action stunts in the world is not enough. And obviously the tank scene in uh, Goldeneye and oh, whatnot, yeah. but, um, he was yeah. uh, he was slick, and that's that's what I loved about Pierce Brosnan. Other than you know growing up with him, and yeah, and I, and I would agree with that. I, I, I don't want to make my my little tirade before make me sound like I hate Pierce Brosnan. I love Pierce sure, Brosnan sure. to death. Um, I went and saw The Foreigner purely because of him, and I didn't. I leave, think that's his best performance. And I didn't leave today, halfway through the honest. movie because of him. Yeah, yeah. So it's um yeah. So I mean, like I, I cannot overstate my my affection for the guy. It's just. And for and for his portrayal, it just yeah, I, I, for me personally, doesn't always land um, in terms of like just being bringing something to the role. But he is still phenomenal. I actually think every time I think of Pierce Brosnan, I don't even think of the movies. I think of Nightfire. <laughs> like, yeah, that's really what. See, but that's the that's the other thing, man. He yeah. was a cultural like he was such a cultural he staple really as far as like merchandise. He's you know? the Coca-Cola Bond. He is the Coca-Cola Bond in terms yeah, of like his face is everywhere is. and he is just a brand <laughs> in and of himself. Yeah. Yeah. Like, even yeah. more than Daniel Craig and Daniel Craig is Bond now. Like <laughs> Right. Yeah. I mean it's he, he really it's funny because you think maybe and maybe this is just because we grew up during his tenure as Bond because so, yeah. um, I'm sure I'm sure Roger Moore and Sean Connery were plastered all over merchandise Sean and stuff, Connery but it was for just, sure yeah. yeah right but it was just it was just so prominent growing up it was like you knew Pierce Brosnan was James Bond because he was so marketable as a character he had that look to him and that, that was pretty much all he was James doing Bond. whereas Daniel Craig sort of has a career outside of Bond yeah. Pierce Brosnan, other than like what, like Dante's Peak, didn't really have much of a career <laughs> outside of Bond. So he pretty much always, yeah. always Bond. Yeah. No, yeah. So well, I, I mean, you could you could still kind of say that he hasn't had the you know <laughs> as much of a career outside. Of I'll Bond. have you know, Mamma Mia is a fantastic film. <laughs> oh, we're just waiting for the sequel here. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. But um, all right, I can respect that. So so uh, Bro- Brosnan was your number five. Yes, and then your number four. Okay, and that was my number three. Number so, three. Oh um, my god! My, yeah, uh, okay, I know. Yeah. I, it's crazy. <laughs> Believe me, I'm gonna get a lot. Well, it's kind of it, it's a little weird because number if I could have a tie, it would be between Brosnan and the actor I have in number four. But ultimately, I just had to go on with my gut on this one. I'll probably get a lot of hate for it. But anyways, I, Brosnan would be tied with my number four as well. To be honest, if there I, we go. If, yeah. Okay. Well, anyways, but my number five yeah. is uh, Roger Moore. No, that's my number four. So there you go. <laughs> is it okay? Well, then let's. This is, all yeah, this, this is just perfect. We're getting the. See, I. 
you know, Roger Moore has the opposite effect of Pierce Brosnan, whereas he started off so solid with Live and Let Die. I thought he was uh, terrific in that movie, uh, and it's one of the best Bond performances out of the entire franchise. Unfortunately, it just got worse <laughs> as it went on. Now, now, granted, there, you know, you can make an exception for The Spy Who Loved Me. I thought he was great in that. Um, he did do a, a good job in, in um, For Your Eyes Only. I think that's his best performance. I, that's, I, I'd put that up there with, um, uh, what do you call it? I, I, that, that's, that's actually on par with The Spy Who Loved Me for, for me personally. It, it's, it's great performance, but I'm just saying for the most part, I think his, if you look at his tenure on the whole, the movies got worse, and I think his performance <laughs> slightly dipped. He was always like a bright spot in the movies because you always knew that he was having fun while making the movies. Yeah. But I think like you know, like look at the man with the golden gun. It, <laughs> Roger Moore is very bland in that movie, and it's not all his fault. I mean, he's but kind of like he was kind of forced to play a Connery kind of Bond in that one. With like exactly some of the stuff um, he did, so yeah, they didn't let him flex his muscles too much in that one, right? And but then, but then you go to Spy Who Loved Me. He kind of has a little, a uh, little bit more up um, than Moonraker. He's just—I don't know what the fuck is going on in that movie. Um, <laughs> but it's it's fun. But you know, he's definitely not James Bond in that movie. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um, it, it, anyways, uh, you know, it, it, and I think like his tenure, it was a little uneven and. It, you know, it's kind of hard when you look at Roger Moore and then you see him in Octopussy and you're just like, this is not James Bond. I'm oh, sorry. Like, yes and then it it's even worse in A View to a Kill. And does it reflect my opinion about the films? Yes, but I also think that Moore is definitely phoning it in by towards the end of his career, no. especially in A View to a Kill. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I, I, I didn't. I've never been like the biggest fan of. Of like his latter performances. I mean, uh, I mean uh, for your eyes only. In, though. Oh my god. Okay, fine. I will not say phoning <laughs> it in. Phoning it in is a little cruel. It's just a he's bit. <laughs> he's just not. I don't know. It's not for me. I guess I yeah, what yeah, what he I did in the latter that, films, yeah. and that's kind of my whole deal with Roger Moore in general. Is it's not when I think of James Bond. That's not who I think of, and I know I I know people revere this man as Bond. I know that he's their number one in some places, and I get it. And a lot of people grew up watching his movies, whether you were born in, during the seventies or or not. You know, I mean, whether you grew up me, in the seventies yeah. or not. I, I a lot of people grew up watching his movies, and that is their James Bond. For me, I, I one I didn't really grow up watching the movies, but two, when I did get around to watching them, I was over, I was always just kind of underwhelmed by what he brought to the table and that's not to say that he did a bad job because I mean even well well so, some of the other ones I wasn't a fan of but anyways I, I would say on the whole he didn't do a bad job it's just he's not what I you know people consider Pierce Brosnan a soft bond I would actually attribute I, I would I would label Roger Moore more of that soft bond than I would I would too uh, I would too but I, I think like I don't know if that's a negative, but yeah, no, go ahead. Well, it's not, it's not a negative. It's just, I think when you're playing Bond, you have to play a lot of different sides. You have to be a lady killer, but you have to be a badass. And that's true, I think, but I think, I think I, yeah, I go, no, yeah. no, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, like, I think Roger Moore is like, obviously I mentioned before that Pierce Brosnan had sex with more women, but I think Roger Moore was 
the lover, not a fighter bond. You know, and he'll say so much. Well, uh, and, say and as much himself, very, you know what I mean? Like he's, it's, he's, he's very um, reflective of the times. Yeah, no, for sure. You know? And I think, and I think, um, uh, cause Roger Moore knew he was, I mean, you listen to any interview he's ever done. He knows yeah. he's not a physical guy. He knows he's not physically imposing. No, not, not he's at sort of, all. Sort of, instead of, instead of, acting like he was instead of being like an action hero going around kicking people and beating them up. Uh, he does have fight scenes, obviously, because it's still a, an action movie, but he he never really leaned into that stuff. And I think his his movies are more... You can you can love them, you can hate them, um, or you can be indifferent on them, but right. I think they are better for it because he sort of knew exactly what he was and embraced it rather than trying to be something that he wasn't. And I think... Yeah, that, like, and that's... He, that, he knew that's he was a totally funny fine, guy. Yeah. He knew he was a funny guy. He knew he had great timing. He knew he had, like, an interesting, like, you know, sort of expression. And so he leaned into it. And I think it may, it, the confidence that comes from that makes his performance so affable. Like, he's just yeah, so Yeah, I, I will say that. Like, oh. he, um, <laughs> he, he definitely was... He definitely uh, was a very confident Bond. Yeah. Um, in, in everything he did. Uh, and, and there's a lot of charm that, that comes from that. Now, you know, obviously Sean Connery is probably the most confident Bond we've ever had. But, um, <laughs> you know, Roger Moore did a great job of being confident in his own right and own, owning yeah, yeah. scenes, you know. Because, um, I you know, I'm trying to give some positives to the man because I do think he <laughs> did a good job. It's just... He wasn't. I wasn't a particular fan of the way of of just his his bond. You and know? fair I, enough. Like you're currently. I, I totally understand that you're not alone. I think I, as time has gone on, I think because he is of his time. I think um, people yeah. look back on it a little more critically than. Well, and and I think that's the time. thing. Him yeah. him more so than probably any other bond is very dated. Like yeah. you could. You could say Connery is dated. I, I know I keep going back to Connery for things, but it's just I mean, you know, it's just kind of Connery's behavior is a little dated. Yeah, that that's like, that's yeah. the thing. His his some of his behavior is is very dated, but I think his interpretation has a timeless kinda, yeah. appeal to it. Whereas like Roger Moore, uh, his behavior was obviously a little dated, but then also I think a lot of uh, the just stuff his, he does, the way he his interpretation, acts, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it is it is very much a, um, a product of of the time period, and that's once again some people really like that, some people don't, and I have, I'm able to appreciate it, but it's not my cup of tea as far as interpretation goes. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, yeah, I I, I just I, I love I, I'm one of those people who grew up with him, so I mean, I grew up with all of them pretty much. But sure, yeah. Um, but in particular, I really like I just enjoyed Roger Moore. Roger Moore was just kind of fun and. He like, even if his films were a little less than great, sometimes he was consistently fun, and I consistently like, he was always he always made me laugh by doing something. He'd either like raise an eyebrow or he'd like make a quip or something. He just he'd do something and it would make the whole experience worthwhile. Um, and, th- and coming back to like what I was saying about Pierce Brosnan, um, not to say that Pierce Brosnan doesn't do that, obviously, but um, Roger Moore brought like. Where, where Pierce Brosnan was trying to do everything and trying to be like all of like an amalgamation of all of these like very, very popular uh, interpretations of Bond. Roger Moore, where he, he could have done that, he could have done what George and what George Lazenby did and just like been Sean Connery. 
Um, but he didn't. And I think I, I appreciate mm. that more in rewatching it. It doesn't feel like when I watch George Lazenby, I see the moments where he's trying to be like Sean Connery. Yeah, that's Whereas, that's, that's a good point. When I watch yeah, Roger I Moore, I just see Roger Moore's Bond. I just see like, that. okay, that's yeah. James Bond. That's James Bond as played by Roger Moore. And everything about it is distinct and it's, it's, it's yeah. enjoyable. And so for me personally, I just... That's what I value when I watch, um, when I what I look for in a Bond actor, and so like, I'm really sure. Glad. That's and yeah. everything you just said, I 100% agree with you on. It's just mm-hmm. how it, you know, how it, it how lands it on the your, spectrum for right, you. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That affects my ranking differently than it affects yours, and that's yeah. yeah. No, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's all subjectivity. So, um, kids. He was he was your number four, right? And and that was my number five. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you so, go ahead and do your number four now. I guess. Well, I don't know if I want to. What's your number three? Um, should I say? Wait, no, where's your, um, okay, sorry, we're, we're trying to figure, I'm trying to figure out what we said so far. Both of our sixes were George Lazenby. My yeah. number five was Roger Moore. Your number five was Pierce Brosnan. Yes. My number four My is Roger number Moore. My number four, I haven't given away yet. No, um, but your number, your number three three is four Roger is Roger Moore. My number four is Roger Moore, yes. Okay. I have not stated What's my, your number my top three? three. Sean Connery. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, then we're going to come back to that one. Um my <laughs> number my number 4 and like I said, my number 4 and 3 I would consider a tie, but if we have to do a ranking, yeah, might as well do that. Uh my number 4 is Timothy Dalton. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> I know I just crushed you. <laughs> no. <laughs> People are going to kill me because I, no. I technically put Pierce Brosnan ahead of Timothy Dalton. I know. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, I know. Again, I don't think I don't think too many people will kill you, but the Timothy Dalton no. fans, we Timothy Dalton fans are pretty aggressive. So we'll you are. You. <laughs> so I will probably get shit for We're that. We're going to crucify you. Oh, my God. But here's the thing. Here's here's the thing. I have only recently really come to appreciate Timothy Dalton, so it's more of a who have I had a relationship longer with? Yeah, that's why Pierce Brosnan uh, beats him. Um, oh my! But God. I don't know. I know where Timothy Dalton is on your list. So do you want to hold off for that and just talk about Sean Connery? Well, yeah, this is, this is like the free form like thing I was talking about. I guess so. Sure. Yeah, let's, yeah I we'll guess. hold off on Timothy Dalton because I know where the, he lands on yours. Sean Connery's my number two. So. Um, yeah, so should I just go ahead and say Sean Connery? Yeah, let's, let's, let's talk about Sean Connery. Let's do it. Okay, so uh, my number four... No, my number three. Whew, I got the, the numbers wrong there. Uh, my yeah. number three is Sean Connery. And yeah. Sean Connery is, like, you cannot overstate how important Sean Connery is oh to, the, God. to he, the franchise. Yeah. I mean, he really invented he the invented cinematic He invented the bond. character. Yeah, and so I think... And, and, and uh, he doesn't get, I, I don't think he gets enough credit for, especially in those first two films. Um, mm. There is a lot of Fleming in those first two films, obviously just because right. like narratively there are, there's a lot of like beat for beat moments. Um, right. Especially from Rush With Love. But um, Oh my God, yeah. So I think like he doesn't get enough credit for that. But on top of that, he is just, yeah, he, right out of the gate with Dr. No, he was so confident in a God, way that yeah in a oh. way that i don't think anyone except for roger moore or there's been a couple of others who've been super confident straight out of the gate but i mean like most of them are but 
he and Roger Moore sort of like immediately just understood what their version of the character was. Um, right. And like, it's, it's amazing how quickly he sort of like the first scene you see him in, you suddenly just get everything you need to know about this guy. And he is, again, like a part, there are parts of his performance that are dated. Uh, but mm-hmm. Like we mentioned earlier, the, some of the behaviors, but, mm-hmm. and he does do, so, he, he's questionable towards women um, in some instances. And in, in other instances, he is downright just disrespectful and does like you know the wrong thing and so that stuff is obviously you have to sort of view it through the lens of the time um doesn't it doesn't justify it but you know what i mean um Mm -hmm. but his performance is just so enjoyable he wasn't goofy or funny in in, in any way but he was fun you know Mm -hmm. what i mean it was almost yeah whereas roger moore is fun to watch because he's funny and he's entertaining. Sean Connery is fun to watch because it's like, what if I were him? You know, yeah, what he, if I could walk in a room, wanted, room and yeah. own it? You know what I mean? Like that is just yeah. That's the that's the thing that I'll say about Sean Connery. If there's anyone on this list that I would want to be, it is Sean Connery's James Bond. He, he is just, the epitome of cool. Yeah. He just oozes that confidence. I mean, we were talking about the um, you know, the suaveness that we you know, kind of like Brosnan had. Connery's the king of smooth. Like he, oh, yeah. he's suave. He knows how to make an entrance. He knows how to rough up people. <laughs> Connery did something that I don't know if anyone else has been able to do, and it is um, be incredibly solid at all of the facets of the character. He's yeah. the lady killer. He's the smooth talker. He's the super spy. He's the badass guy. He's he's an action hero. Like he is. I mean, he's the alcoholic. Like, you know, it's it's like all of these elements that you that are like under the James Bond character umbrella. Sean Connery um, portrayed flawlessly. It's yeah. just it's it's incredible actually to how well he played every single part of the character. You know, he is honestly yeah he is honestly perfect. I think the yeah. only reason he is third and not number one on my list is because. There are just two other versions of the character that I personally prefer, but that does not in any way mean that Sean Connery right. is lesser than them. And, he is, and that's the yeah. and, and that's the key thing there. You said versions. It's that yeah. interpretation. You know, not mm-hmm. necessarily like the, the like you know they're playing all the uh, the the sides of James Bond. Well, it's it's what the character is doing in there that puts them. Yeah, and and I totally yeah. get that. Um, you know, but just I, I I don't know what is there to say about Sean, like Sean Connery, Sean Connery is just, just he's the man. He he's classic, you know Fleming yeah. had one interpretation of the character, um, and you can see some of that in in Connery. But for the most part, that's Sean Connery just doing I mean, his own thing if, on if, screen. If, you know, you it's any evidence of just how charismatic and affable this performance is. Ian yeah. Fleming hated like Sean Connery when he was first cast. He just <laughs> like he he just said like this. You've hired this brutish Scottish guy. Like what are you doing? Um, yeah. Bond's a gentleman. Yeah. He's not a brute. All this stuff. And then even he came around and said, you know what, the Sean Connery guy is pretty cool. I like him actually. Yeah. Um, and he started. This, and then, that's like he he Bond is part Scottish in the books because Ian Fleming came around on on Sean Connery and said, I'm going to add that to the backstory. And so he made one of Bond's parents look at him. He's so, Scottish. So he's just yeah. right. It's it's just he's so influential. The thing I love about him is that he is a great. Um, 
when w- there's a lot of Cold War uh, elements that go on in some of his films, uh, primarily in from Russia with Love and um, yeah. Uh, I mean, even the Thunderball to some extent, you could interpret some of the things in there as being very, you know, uh, Cold War esque. I guess, right? Am I am I oh, crazy? No, 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 for sure. I mean, like, like, like the Thunderball. You talking about Thunderball, right? Yeah, like that, yeah. The whole movie's about like nuclear. Uh, you know, I'm again. Right, right. Like, That's what I. Like, I know. Yeah. I just wanted your confirmation that way it didn't sound like an ass. You know, <laughs> just, no, no, no. I, for I, sure. I, I thought we were on the same page, but yeah, it was, um, yeah. And so the the thing that I like about that is that he's, I think he does a uh, like like um you know we talked about Roger Moore uh, playing the 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 times well and and you know that's something that Connery does really well is um um being a sign of the times but at the same time being a um uh, uh like he has he has just such a classic and timeless appeal to him so it's like you could you can look through the little window that is like you know uh, his films and get a get a feel for what the world was like i guess um and he's great at doing that but then mm-hmm. if you step back and look at the larger picture it's it's like he um you know it's it is bond there's there's a timeless appeal to him um yeah no for sure and i think the only thing i can say negatively about Sean Connery's bond other than like some of the questionable like problematic things he does sometimes um is his performance does lessen as the films go on and, like, and that's that's why he's my number two yeah yeah like i mean like particularly he does he does looks i mean like obviously behind the scenes stuff factored into this that we know about um yeah you don't have twice he is not about being in that movie um and then diamonds are forever he's very clearly there for the money like i actually think yeah. he has a better performance in never say never again than he does in diamonds are forever um, I think better, I better performance. That. I actually think he does. I, th- this is weird. You want to talk about controversial it opinion? Looks more I think he too. has better performance in in Diamonds than he does in You Only Live Twice. That's fair. I I I, I don't know if I I don't know. I have to rewatch them. I have to watch them back to back to like sort of make an assessment. I, I, but I feel think, like he's you know having a little bit more fun in Diamonds. I think so. I think I can't get past the f- how bloated he is. He looks like an old man. He looks older oh, he in does. Diamonds yeah, than he absolutely. does. And he looks yeah. he looks older in Diamonds in seventy one than he does in Never Say Never Again in eighty three. Like at least he like <laughs> actually worked out a little bit in in Never Say Never Again. He's still an old man, but at least he doesn't look yeah. fat. <laughs> and um, yeah, am I, am I, I guess fat shaming Sean Connery point, yeah. now? Oh no, um, maybe you are. But, I oh mean, God. Jesus. Yeah, it just it was just like I know the, the the one scene where he like sort of takes his clothes off. He's about to have sex with very casually about to have sex with. Uh, Tiffany case and he sort of like hangs his, <laughs> his clothes up and he's about to turn the light out and he can see his beer gut and it's just like Jesus Sean like suck I it know. in he's like, suck it in <laughs> the scene like, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that uh, is definitely the downside to his character is like he's also another one where it's like as the films progress well, actually, no. It's yeah. really like he hits. He hits thunder. It's like after Thunderball, his performance just drops off a cliff. Like, yeah, no, for sure. And I think that's, that's really that's what it that's is. All behind the scenes stuff. Sean Connery was infamously a little petty towards oh, um, yeah. Harry Saltzman and um, Cubby Broccoli. Yeah. Uh, so that factor into it, but sure. Sure. Uh, it's not like he got like a, he was a worse actor. I think he wanted more. He wanted more media material, and the producers were sort of like, "Well, let's keep." doing what works and right it's, so it's, right. A sh- it's kind of a shame that they didn't they didn't do majesties straight after thunderball i think that would have been uh, that would have been beyond perfect. it would have given sean connery the material so he wanted which means he may have actually given a shit in it um yeah 
yeah, that, that, all that would have been really cool, but we'll never know. Um, right. Yeah. It's just the way the way the cards panned out there. Yeah. But anyways, um, so Connery's my number two. He's your number three. Yes. Uh, I I know what your number two is then. Um, yes. And your number two is my number one. Uh, yes. And yes, that yes, is yes. Uh, Daniel Craig, correct? Correct. Yes. Good guess. All right. Cool. <laughs> yeah. It's very funny because your number one is very low on my list, but oh, my number one's like number two for you. And oh. <laughs> my, you know, here's I, actually let's do this. Let's talk about Timothy Dalton first because oh. it's a great segue He's into why I think Daniel Craig is better. <laughs> oh man, I'll refute you on that. But um, not that Daniel Craig isn't amazing. Um, yes, Timothy Dalton is my number one. Um, sure. If you've ever spoken to me for at least five minutes about Bond, you'll know that he's my favorite Bond because I always bring him up. Um, yeah. I have an autographed photo of Timothy Dalton that sits on my desk um, <laughs> and I kiss it goodnight every night before bed. Um, no, but I, I, I seriously do like think the world of Timothy Dalton as Bond. Um, mainly, I think it's mainly to do with my affinity for Fleming's Bond. I think Timothy Dalton is... Fleming's Bond in every well, he read the way. Books. He read yeah. the books. He would read the books on the set. Like and one of my favorite stories, one of my favorite stories from the production of uh, License to Kill is mm-hmm. um, Robert Darby and Timothy Dalton. You were like, we used to read Casino Royale together. Um, Robert Darby would read Le Chief and Timothy Dalton would read Bond. And they would just sort of like, because they wanted to inject that like m- like shadowy mirror image of each other aspect of those two mm-hmm. characters into their characters into um Sanchez into and Bond, um, mm-hmm. and it's just like that is so fucking cool. It's so cool that he read went ahead and read all the books and he was a fan of the books, but it, it's even cooler that he had such respect for the material that he would like in, in true Shakespearean fashion. He was treating Bond the way you would treat Othello or Hamlet or anything like that, and I, I just think right. that's so cool and it's so admirable and it really shows in his performance he is he's got such an intensity um that i think yeah people had forgotten bond is supposed to have after the roger moore era um and so it was a nice palate cleanse almost like because i mean as much as i love roger moore it was it was coming off of the kind of the the cartoonishness of that and then straight into um what is essentially a great 80s cold war story in um the living daylights Um, which i I would say that's his best performance. I I actually liked him more in that than I did in License to Kill. I I don't know if oh maybe I don't know I I, I love I I prefer License to Kill. I'm sorry, um, The Living Daylights to License to Kill. Um, as a movie, as a movie, yeah, yeah. I, I would agree with you too. Yeah, yeah. But I think I don't know. There's something about his performance in License to Kill that I, I can't decide if I like which better. But yeah, it's um, it's a little tricky. Yeah, he's and he's so consistent too. That's the thing. Um, yeah, he is. Yeah, that um. Like there are certain elements, like like there was supposed to be one. That's another thing. I'm just gonna gush. There's supposed to be a, a deleted scene of um. Timothy, like they tried to insert a Roger Moore moment essentially, where Timothy Dalton was going to in the middle of the bizarre chase through um, uh, through the city streets of uh, what's the name of the city that they're in? Um, Wait, in which film? In the in the Living Daylights. Um, shit, I should remember mm. the in the Middle East anyway. Uh, right after mm. he assassinates Pushkin. Um, oh, okay. And while he's running from the police. Well, he, he pretends to assassinate Pushkin. Um, he's running through the, running from the police, and they were going to do the Roger Moore bit where he sort of like sits on a carpet that's on a clothesline, and it slides down the line. It looks like a flying carpet, and mm. it's so goofy. And they basically like on like basically decided this doesn't f- like like Timothy Dalton had a say in Twitter, and they said like, this doesn't fit. 
like this interpretation doesn't work. No, not um, at all. And they not cut it, and I'm like, good for them for having the like they, they they had the sensibility, and good for Timothy Dalton for standing up for what he thinks is his, I guess, interpretation of the role. Um, right. For sort of just drawing the line and saying humor isn't my Bond's thing. We can do some lines, but that's not really what I'm about when I'm Bond. And because right. in the books, humor isn't really a big part of Bond. Um, there's like a sardonicness to him, but that's about it. Um, oh, I just everything. Oh, everything about him I love so much. And um, I think I know where you're going to go with this with Daniel Craig sort of refining that in a way. I think mm-hmm. Daniel Craig. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, should I get into this now or should I wait? <laughs> uh, it, it, it's up to you because I mean that's kind of going off your interpretation of Craig. But um, you, yeah. you, you can talk more Dalton if you want. Though I, I, I know guess I'm just trying to think. I'm, I'm going to keep gushing. It just I, everything about him is no. It's so fine. Well, and then it, then I'll, I'll I'll chime in a little I bit guess. because yeah. um, I I really do like Timothy Dalton. I think he is, if anything, he's probably the most consistent, even at two films. Yeah. Uh, oh only, yeah. Only, only because he it was such an impression for someone who only did two films too. Yeah, that's yeah. and that's the difference between him and Lazenby. La- Grand Lazenby yeah. was only one, but it's, you know Timothy Dalton only had one more film, and he had already made a very very impressive mark coming yeah. off of The Living Daylights. Uh, and sure. that's where you go. Okay, yeah, that's you know this this guy done. gets it. He mm-hmm. he gets the character. Um, you know he he was he had a very hardened edge to the character. He understood the psyche, the um, the intensity of him, and like you were mentioning, it was such a great, um, uh, what do you what do you call it? It, it was such a great palate cleanser after uh, uh, the Roger Moore era because it was like, holy crap, we can take Bond seriously again. Yeah. Oh my gosh, like he can, we can have a, a solid Cold War thriller that's very much in the same vein as from Russia with Love, uh, only set during the '80s, and arguably, yeah. you know, have Timothy Dalton on his first outing give, you know, maybe an on on, on the same level as a performance uh, as Sean Connery did in From Russia yeah. with Love. You know, it's just For like, sure, yeah. I think it's, 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 yeah. Or go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I was gonna say like, um, one thing you mentioned when you talked about like, um. It just reminded me, and I'm, this is going to also tie into Daniel Craig as well. I think Daniel mm-hmm. Craig and Timothy Dalton, um, more so than any of the other actors on this list, and the reason they're my top two, is they both treat Bond as a character more so than as a an icon. I think um, sure. Sean Connery had elements of the character in there, but he was also very much a um, like wish fulfillment kind of role, and which is great. And that's not a disparaging term, um, but there is there are elements of his character that are intentionally very sort of um, mysterious, so that you can fill in the blanks yourself and insert yourself into it a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. He's a male like wish fulfillment character. Yeah, I mean, and, yeah, and, and, I mean, and, and, he definitely, and, and, yeah. yeah, and Connery, and then, on top then, of being oh, yeah. a character, is like he. It's just kind of hard to not be. He's an icon because he is just. You and know. yeah, then also yeah, the, the time has sort of affected our perspective on him in that way yeah. as well. Um, but Daniel Craig, and then especially Timothy Dalton, in my opinion, there is. I mean, not even especially Daniel Craig as well, but um, they are. They 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 embrace all of the very minute details of the character that sort of make him less of a caricature and more of a character and sure like the, the little like the the nuances and the um the oh, what's the word i'm looking for like the idios- idiosyncratic like sort of mannerisms that make him more than just 
an action hero that we can sort of project yourself onto and make it, this is James Bond. James Bond is a, he's got bad qualities, he's got good qualities, he's a well-rounded character. And I think Timothy Dalton is responsible for the reason we even look at Bond in cinema like that, because I don't think you could get Daniel Craig's Bond without Timothy Dalton first I and blazing the trail. Yeah. Like, because yeah. he, he really made Bond a believable character again. And sure. so, yeah, I, yeah. I, I just, I love him so much. <laughs> no, and, and, and I, I have grown to have great respect and admiration for him as well. Uh, this is no knock on him. I mean, I know he's number four on my list. It's just, I have a relationship with Pierce Brosnan's Bond, you know? Yeah. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of, like, deep. It's, like, ingrained in me. Like, he is just, you know, I, I look at something, you know, like like a piece of, like like you say, he's a Coca-Cola bot. It's like, you see, it's like, <laughs> oh, that's James Bond. You know, I didn't get that with Dalton, but I think that Dalton's performance um, is just so true to the character in a way that we hadn't seen before. And like you said, it opened the floodgates for what would eventually be Daniel Craig's Bond. Yeah. I just happen to think that Daniel Craig took it up uh, a few notches and is why that is my number one, you know, Daniel Craig just is the character, you know what I'm saying? Like he, (laughs) he is the, the, in the interpretation, he's like, he's not the biggest ladies kill in lady killer. Sure. Mm. Sure. He's not, but you get a taste for the lady killer that he could be in Mm. Casino Royale, especially when you see him seducing, uh, Demetria, uh, Demetrius's uh, wife. Mm. Um, you see how he's, you know, trying to finagle his way with Vesper, but in a way that's, you know, truly romantic. Um, I love how many times but, in that movie he like he, he's like like um he constantly comments on the fact that he goes for married women. <laughs> yes, yeah, like, yeah right, right. Like, yeah. It's like they they never show you the womanizer he is, but you understand that he yeah. has those uh, attributes to him. Mm-hmm. So we we don't get a whole lot into that aspect. We definitely get the badass action hero. I mean yeah. that fucking chase scene. Uh, the the um the in Madagascar. Which is hands down one of my favorite chase scenes of all time, like uh, of any film, period. Not just James Bond of all time. That is one of my favorite chase scenes. It's so well choreographed, and I think Daniel mm-hmm. Craig is incredible in the the parts of the scene where he is in there. He just oh yeah, the intensity and the raw grit and strength and brutality of his character. It's like if like this is a guy who just got promoted to double O status. He's going <laughs> fucking balls to the wall. Uh, all out, you know, he's gonna do his job and he will probably kill you in the process because he can. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's no, for there's, sure. There's just that that intensity and brutality to the character that I that I love. That I think is essential to that the first outing that is then refined over the next uh, the, the sequential films. Um, you know, and, and when we get to Spectre. We do get a little bit more suave. Um, uh, what do you call it, Craig? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's he's he he is uh, he's intense. He's got the br- brutal nature to him, which is just you know um, a he part a great, of his interpretation. Yeah, his 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 interpretation's unique in that it evolves very naturally. Yes, through the narrative, which is what I love yeah. about it. He and like it is, it he is matures yeah. as a character. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like it's he we we get the first you know. Uh, like brutal interpretation and then like as as it goes as as his uh films progress it's like he 
he becomes more aware of what this job entails and how it affects him mentally and emotionally and all mm-hmm. of the things that it's taken away from him. You know, it not only took away Vesper, it took away M, who was like a mother figure to him. Um, yeah. And now it's it's brought in this estranged stepbrother or whatever that is like fucking up his life and whatnot. It's and and so you know, it's like he's aware of the uh, the sacrifices that he's had to make, and you see it take a toll on him that I don't think is present in the Dalton films you know you you get a feel for the job affecting the character you definitely do and that's more present in License to Kill I think than it is in the uh, Living Daylights because that's a pretty yes, central yeah. theme in that movie um, mm-hmm. but it's it's just what Craig like Craig built off of what Dalton had already established and what Dalton established was you can be you can be more grounded bond you can be set in the real world you can be intense we can have a yeah. dark edge to it craig took that made it his own and actually bumped it up a few notches and and created a character evolution to the likes that the franchise has just never seen before and i would i would definitely like, like agree with that wholeheartedly i think what he did with terms of like yeah evolving the character and really um making him the fact that he's able to evolve the character and and change his interpretation of the character as the as the story necessitates, um, right. and still be recognizably the same character yes. is yeah. really a testament to the writing, but also to Daniel Craig's ability and his understanding of the character. I totally agree. Uh, he's, I think well, he's, yeah, the, he just yeah, like, he gets it. You know, because you could you could just as easily. Um, you could just as easily botch that and have it just like, oh, he plays a different version of the character in every single one of his movies. But there is such a through line because Daniel Craig is, is I think, is so dedicated to the uh, the role. And this is why it pisses me off when people say he's like, you know, he hates it or whatever. He is so well, dedicated to the role in terms of... He made those comments, but I mean, like, he... he his performance speaks more than any of those comments could. The fact that I he agree. is able to keep... The, the character consistent but malleable is is so like amazing it's a kind of like again going back to Timothy Dalton that's like a level of dedication and respect for the role that you don't see in a lot of these action movie roles you know what I mean like mm-hmm. there's no mm-hmm. reason that like if you look at James Bond as, a, as, a, as an action property you're like oh yeah why would you even bother trying like just go in there do some action stunts say some quips Drink martinis, have sex with girls, drive fast cars. That's it. You know what right. I mean? That you, you, just just you copy could, what Sean Connery originally did. Exactly. You know? Which, it, or, you know, like like Pierce Brosnan did. <clears throat> no, um, he did more to it than I'm, that. I'm, yeah. I'm just giving you shit. I'm giving I'm giving Pierce shit. Um, we're good friends. <laughs> but um, no, but um, you could just as easily just say like, why bother? And in Pierce Brosnan's credit, he wanted to do a lot of more in-depth stuff, but the writing just wasn't there. Um, sure. Like, like he begged for them to do more de- like in-depth stuff with um, the world is not enough, and he, he got to an extent he got a little bit more of it, but just not not as much as he would have liked. Um, right, right. And not as much as I think he deserved. But um, going back to Peter Craig, um, the yeah, the, the fact that he was a, he he. And Timothy Dalton, uh, like the fact that they they looked at this role and said, you know what, I could do it this way, but I don't want to. I want to mm-hmm. explore the characters. So I am a dedicated actor, and I respect the role enough that I'm going to treat this as though I would treat any high profile acting role. Um, right, and that is so cool. And I think that's what, going well, forward. You, I don't know. You can go back from that now. Like no, you. Was, I, I agree. Was, they, yeah. the, the precedent has been set. And 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 here's the thing. You know, I think if Dalton had had the same amount of films as Craig. 
then Pierce Brosnan's interpretation would have been different as a result. He would have, he would have, oh, he would have been yeah. forced to follow in the footsteps. But because Dalton kind of had like a random two-off shoot there, Brosnan was able to popular. kind of like... Yeah. Right, right, yeah. And so Brosnan was able to like go back to, you know, a more traditional Bond, but still mm-hmm. his own. Um, but then after Die Another Day... Uh, they had to fucking reinvent the franchise, man, because that movie was just such a disaster on so many yeah. different levels other than even, Pierce Brosnan. I mean, I mean, obviously, I mean, like, I, not even just, I think the timing was was better for this, I guess. Um, yeah. Like, it was like the post-9-11 world. Post-9/11, there was a lot it was of the big thing. Yeah. yeah like, because you couldn't do something stupid like die another day even though it came out in 2002 it was in production right. before 9-11 and so you know like after that it's sort of like making like quips when you kill terrorists isn't really funny anymore like no. it's kind of serious and so yeah it, it i think the times allowed timothy dalton's um interpretation it, it, it's helped it age really well and on top right. of that it allowed daniel craig um and the franchise as a whole to sort of just embrace that, all that stuff that is in the books. I would say the right, one thing right. um, that I think differentiates Daniel Craig from Timothy Dalton in my mind is I think Timothy Dalton is straight up from the book. And I think Daniel Craig is to an extent straight up from the book. But I also think there is there are elements of um, of like Sean Connery and some of his later performances. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's that's really great. I'm really cool. Well, I, I think it's really I think cool that they it, managed to tie it all in with... Right. Um, with his thing. So that's not definitely not a slam against Daniel Craig. That's not the reason he's second over Timothy Dalton. Mm-hmm. I just have a preference for Timothy Dalton. Um, they're both equally phenomenal. Um, sure. I just think, yeah, I think there is like a, there's a slight classicness to Daniel Craig. That Daniel, this could even be a t- to Timothy Dalton's detriment. Um, Timothy Dalton never really had that the classic sort of suaveness that Daniel Craig has managed to work in and not let that compromise his hard edge which I think is really right. cool. And I think it's that's why so, we keep talking about this every time we talk about the news. It's so important that Bond 25 does not forsake all of this because of a lukewarm reception to right. Spectre. Like, right, right. Because hit home run and take this character, finish the progression you started in Casino Royale, you know? like Yeah. But yeah. Who knows? It just, they, <laughs> they just need to... No, they, you're right. They just... To put a cap on all this... Um, they just need to conclude the arc in a way that there is, like, obviously there's, it's not, all, all the ends aren't, like, tied up, because, you know, if they were, then Bond wouldn't, you know, continue in in the, fran- the, the franchise wouldn't continue. But in a way where Daniel Craig's story as James Bond has been told, you know? Um, because he's the yeah. first one to really go linear like this, um, and, you know, let's... Let's actually make it linear. Let, let's let's finish it off here. You know, uh, so mm-hmm. so I agree with you. I think it does have to be good. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah. Just for me, Timothy Dalton is at four for a lot of the reasons, like I said. But also, I just um, I I I was never really drawn to those films growing up. Over time, I have been, and that's why I, I've come to appreciate him a lot more. And you know, I think there's a lot of room for him to to go up on this list for for sure. Yeah. The more I go back. And rewatch like uh, the Living Daylights and License to Kill, um, 
but unfortunately, I just I haven't had that relationship with him, so it's gotta it's gotta grow. And that's gotta, fair. I mean, I didn't you know, nurture love, it. A I didn't bit. love Timothy Dalton when I first watched him. My brother and I used to joke about him being the the angry Bond. Like we used to make the jokes about how like Bond. he was constantly like we, this is like dumb, but like the, we used to joke about like what if what was Timothy Dalton like in real life? Like what, what was his Bond like in day to day life? Yeah. And it, the, the, the punchline of all those jokes when we were kids was that Timothy Dalton's Bond would walk into a room and just be a, as aggressive as possible, no matter how <laughs> mundane the situation is. Yeah. So it would be yeah. like he would walk into Money Penny's office and then like she'd be typing on the typewriter while he spoke and it would piss him off. So he'd slam his fist on the desk and like, <laughs> and like he would just, he'd just be needlessly funny. aggressive. And so, yeah. I mean, I even at, when I first watched them I, I it was an acquired taste so I totally understand sure. like but I have had that relationship now where it's like I look back and I laugh at how like immature I was when I looked at when I first watched those movies I was like right what, right six right. it was like I was a kid and so and now I've like I, I've grown up watching them and I've grown as, as I matured I sort of grow to appreciate them so yeah and it, it, doesn't, sure. it doesn't mean it's going to happen to everyone obviously some people it's just not their taste but Yes, I totally, I totally sympathize with needing to have a relationship with the character, with, with the interpretation, to um, truly appreciate it. Yeah, right, right, for sure. All right, well, that will do it. That is our individual James Bond actor rankings. Uh, we'll yes. go through them one more time. Uh, I'll do mine. Then Brody, you can finish up with yours. My sure number six is George Lazenby. My number five is Roger Moore. My number four is, is Timothy Dalton. My number three is Pierce Brosnan. My number two is Sean Connery. And my number one is Daniel Craig. Nice. And then mine, I, I'm... I've just, I was, I'm not, I won't say the numbers. I'll just say um, George Lazenby as the weakest, uh, then Pierce Brosnan, and then Roger Moore, and then Sean Connery, and then Daniel Craig, and then finally, as the strongest, in my opinion, Timothy Dalton. There you go. And I think it's important to say that regardless of the placements on here, I think they all have done great Absolutely, jobs in their yeah. own regard, and they were perfect for their tenures as, as the uh, mm-hmm. James Bond, you know. Uh, we haven't really had a bad actor play the role, which is is pretty uh, pretty fortunate. Yeah, let's hope we can keep that that trend going. <laughs> yes, absolutely. All right. Well, yeah, that's gonna do it for this week's episode of the Words Are Not Enough. Hopefully, you've enjoyed us discussing the Bond character and, and any of the news we discussed up there. Be sure to leave your comments in the comments section below. Uh, your thoughts and opinions and everything we discussed uh, of wherever you're watching it, whether it be iTunes. YouTube, uh, iHeartRadio, wherever you're listening to this podcast, be sure to let us know your thoughts and opinions. It really would mean a lot to us. And then also, if you could take the time to give us a rating or review, that really helps us uh, get noticed and, and get the show more, get get uh, more people uh, talking about the show and getting it yeah, uh, sure. in front of more listeners. We love doing this show, um, and we hope you enjoy listening to it. So if you could just do us that little kind favor rating review share it with your friends that would be incredible Um, we're gonna have another we're we're gonna have a show next week um don't know what we're gonna be talking about yet because the news you know and whatnot but you can be on the lookout (laughs) for for that but if you missed it be sure to go back and check out our halloween special and i you know i say halloween special loosely because you could really listen to it at at any other time uh Mm -hmm. it was our first breakdown of one of the films we talked about live and let die we talked about its cultural impact the movie in general gave our overall thoughts on it it was about like a two hour long discussion 
go check it out. It is quality stuff. We're hoping to do that with all of the Bond films in the near future, but we started it out with Live and Let Die. So be sure to go listen to that. Um, and then if you, if you want to hear us talk about stuff that isn't pertaining to James Bond, go check out the Men vs. Movies YouTube channel. Movie reviews, uh, you know, a couple other movie-centric stuff in there. We did a ranking of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm also going to be having a review out there for Murder on the Orient Express. So if you're interested in any of that stuff, go check at, go check it out on uh, Men vs. Movies on YouTube. Um... And then lastly, you know, if you guys like us and what we have to say, uh, well, actually, Brody, where do you, uh, where, where can everyone find you? Well, you can all find me on Twitter, which I increasingly spend more and more of my time um, at B. Uh, I nearly said it wrong. I haven't said it wrong in fucking in, in ages. Mm. Um, oh, it doesn't matter. Brody it's in the description. So. It's in the description, but um, I would feel like a fool <laughs> if I said it wrong after all this time. Oh, yeah, at Brody Cervelli. Sure. Come listen to my musings. Um, it's fun. <laughs> there you go. All right. And uh, if you like me specifically and you like what I have to say, you can give me a follow on Twitter at Griff Schiller. All of the uh, social media information is in the description here along with our show notes and whatnot. Um, so if you need to know how to spell any of that, it's in there. And, uh, and until uh, next week, uh, we'll catch you then. Uh, take care. Have a great weekend. From a bird-watching nurse to a line-dancing firefighter, nobody's just one thing. That's why Polar Pop and Froster aren't either. Choose from all kinds of flavors and make your mix. Polar Pop and Froster, just 79 cents each at Circle K. Limited time only at participating locations. Now's the time to find your color, your paint, and everything to get started during red, white, and blue savings at the Home Depot. Transforming your room is easier than ever. With the best deals online and in-store, you can confidently select your color and the tools for your next paint project. Get a colorful new experience and the right paint for the right price. Save $10 on one gallon and $40 off three and five gallons for a limited time only at The Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Limit 25 gallons per household. See store for details.